Welcome to the Tradie Success Podcast by Annette Wellsford, founder of Common Sense Marketing and Tradie Marketing Secrets. Annette's on a mission to help honest, hardworking tradies like you to become marketing geniuses. So you end up spending less time on the tools and more time growing a great business. Hi, it's Annette Wellsford here, and today I'm joined by Greg Ellickson from Sustainable Profit Strategy. That sounds pretty good. Greg, welcome. How about telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Annette. Thanks for having me. Um, well, I come from a corporate background many years ago, um, but about 12 years ago, I uh, became a CFO of a rather large Brisbane-based um, retailer that's now global. And after that experience, it was a very interesting experience, um, moving from corporate to private enterprise. I decided that um, we, we did a couple of turnarounds in that business during, during the time I was there, and, and I decided that I quite liked that. So I decided to go out and become a business coach, helping uh, business owners turn their fortunes around. And uh, during that time, over the last 12 years, I've also done a number of business turnarounds myself. Um, and over the last three years, I've focused purely on strategy. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that um, as we go through. But there's a reason I've focused on strategy as opposed to traditional business coaching, um, okay. which, I, which I did for a number of years. So. And you were also um, an accountant, and I believe you spend you spent 10 years in banking. So you've certainly yes. done your... The financial mm -hmm. side of thing, time, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, um, and actually, while I was in banking, uh, I was part of a, a bank um, that, that some people would never have heard of, which is Bank of New Zealand Australia, and it was a, um, it was the only true cash flow uh, uh, bank in Australia at the time, lending to businesses um, purely to businesses, and oh. we, because we lent on their cash flow we had to really understand the business. So it was important to understand numbers. It was important to understand the people behind the business. And it was important to understand where they were going and how they were going to get there because our money wasn't secured by houses or commercial properties or anything like that. It was really secured just purely on the business and, and the success of the business. So it was a really good background, in fact, Annette, for, for, for where I've gone since then. Excellent, because that's kind of some of the stuff that I thought we could have a chat about today. But before we do, we just got to, uh, as you know, our audience uh, are owners of, predominantly owners of trade businesses. Yeah. Greg, do you think that um, traders should be building a business that they can sell later on? Absolutely, Annette. I think uh, every business owner should be building a business that they can sell later on. Um, but let me explain that a little bit because I'm not suggesting that I think everybody should sell their business necessarily, but the best way to ensure that your business uh, is not just profitable but sustainable is to actually build it as if you were to sell it. Okay. Because if you were to sell it, the best way to make it saleable is to do yourself out of a job. And what I mean by that is, you often hear people talk about work on your business, work less in your business. Yep. And essentially, that's doing yourself out of the job of doing work in the business um, and, and really focusing more on strategy and, and business development and growth. Uh, and, and I think that that's, that's absolutely where every trade business should be focused because that's where they create value in their business. 
and they can sell it later on. Or alternatively, if they do themselves out of a job well enough and have good people running the business, they can have a good business in perpetuity, providing them with a good income stream um, while they are retired or semi-retired. Cool. That sounds good. So you talk. You talk a few times or you've mentioned a few times about business strategy and, you know, there's so many definitions. So what is business strategy and how does it apply to trade businesses? Well, in, in its simplest form, business strategy is just having a plan. Um, and I don't mean a plan for today. I don't mean a, a grand plan for being, you know, the best uh, plumbing business in Brisbane or Queensland or, or in Australia or the world or whatever. Uh, I mean a real plan, a, a plan that's not just some high sky, sky high vision, I should say, um, but a plan that's got some real basis in, in fact. Um, and the, where I focus on strategy is that I look at uh, the person who started the business and work with that person to figure out what they really want from the business, not the not the financial terms that people often talk in, mm-hmm. but what pe- most people who go into business for themselves really want from their business, and 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 that varies, but it has some basis in uh, you know they want to not have to spend their life working for one thing which has a little bit of financial independence bent to it. But I found that every client that I deal with, the basis of why they went into um, business and what they would ideally like to achieve for themselves in their life, um, when you dig a little bit deeper, it's not purely financial. It's about what they perceive financial can provide for them, allow them to do. Okay. And that's where we base our strategy. Okay. So I guess to... Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, business strategy would also be something to do with how you see the business like forming, how you, how it is, what what you can achieve for your customers with it, and um, yep. how it's different to how you can make it different to your competitors. Absolutely. In other words, why you're so passionate about it, why you went into it in the first place. Yes. Look, look, and you and I have both seen many businesses, um, and we both own our own businesses, and. The experience of most business owners is that you get into business and you simply start running and doing things um, because you need to make money to, yes. to live. Yep. So you actually rarely ever start with a real plan. Most of us start with a very loose plan, yep. but, um, but it's very, very loose uh, and it's forgotten almost on day one because we need customers. So we just get customers uh, and we do the work and we get very busy. So, in fact, the reality is most businesses don't start with a plan or a strategy, but once they've been running for a period of time, they find that uh, life is quite difficult being a business owner and they find that they they, uh, go from feast to famine often. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of work and then there's no work. We do a lot of marketing when there's no work and then we get a lot of work and then there's no work because we're busy doing the work, we can't do any marketing. So um, that's the time when it's really important to sit down and say, well, what's my plan? How am I going to make sure that I get rid of the, this feast famine um, and actually grow the business and, but, but grow it in a way that's sustainable? And that's the time to sit down and say, right, it's time to start planning. It's t- time to come up with a strategy that's going to make 
me different in the marketplace so that customers will look at me and compare me with uh, the plumber down the road and the and the plumbers that they see driving past them when, when they're in need of a plumber and they perhaps pick up the phone and ring that plumber, what's going to make them look at me as being something different, something more valuable than those plumbers that they've right. seen or okay. those uh, carpenters and so on that they've seen? And, of course, I, I think once you've got your strategy or your your goal, your vision of how you w- want the business to be worked out, then it's a case of you working with them, um, with with your clients to um, make sure that that's implemented right across the board. Yeah. And um, in the long run, of course, that in, in involves not only systems but, but the actual management of the money, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, and, and one thing, Annette, you know, as we're working through strategy, a lot of people look at strategy and think, hmm, Strategy means I have to stop doing the work that I'm doing and find time to, to sit down and think and plan and strategize. But the reality is actually very different. When, when we're doing our strategy work, our number one priority is to ensure that we maintain our cash flow. And that means making sure that the work is getting done and that it's getting done well and that we are getting the money in the door. Um, that's our number one priority. Good. <laughs> of course, yes. It's pretty hard to do strategy work when you're stressed about money, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Because everybody's thinking, oh, I've just got to get out there and do the work, um, which is the worst thing that you can be worried about. So, so we actually formulate our plan around, around ensuring that the cash flow is there at all times. Okay. Well, just, let's just explore that a little bit further. What, what, the three, three or four, whatever, um, key mistakes that you see business owners make when it comes to managing money? Well, actually, they apply to different people at different times, but there's, there's, there's three absolutely massive mistakes that, that pretty much everybody or most people make um, in managing their money um, as business owners. One, first of all, and, and pretty much every business goes through this, they try to do it all themselves, even though their background is not managing money. Right. It's a big, big mistake, and often it comes from thinking that you uh, either don't have enough of a business to afford someone to look after it, or that um, you cannot afford a person to look after it. But, but actually, everything can be afforded. It's a matter of really understanding what you're playing with. So, for instance, a small business, a one-man band who's doing everything themselves can actually afford to have someone managing their money for them because it enables them to focus on what they're good at and actually do more and better of what they're good at. Yep. So trying to do it all themselves is absolutely the number one mistake that um, certainly trade businesses make. Yep. But also, uh, you, you know, and you would have seen it as well, Annette, uh, pretty much every business makes, every small business makes. Oh, and I was guilty of it too. I think, I, you know, when I first started out all those years ago on my own, I thought, oh, well, I'll just save money by doing the books myself. Oh, <laughs> what yeah, and a you're a book waste right? of my time because I had no idea how to do it and I was no good at it. And yeah. I took, you know, five times longer to do it than a bookkeeper does. And probably still got it wrong, in fact. Um, And had you ever had an audit, uh, your accountant – see, a lot of people think that if they send their books to their accountant at the end of the year, that everything's going to be sweet with the tax man. 
But in fact, a lot of people who get audited find out that it's it's very different from that because the accountants do a very limited job. Um, that's not putting accountants down because usually we, we only want them to do a very limited job um, and they don't understand necessarily what's happened throughout the year. So in fact, most accountants are not doing a bad job but our assumption that they're actually making sure that we don't have any problems with the tax man is an incorrect assumption. So in fact, it's the person who's doing the books who you really need to rely on to make sure that you don't have problems with the tax man in the first instance. Right. And if that's you, good luck because you need to understand a lot of financial and tax information um, as well as understanding your own business and doing yeah. your own work, you know. Which it's just impossible. Yeah. Um, so there's the second mistake though, which is which is an interesting one because it's almost at the opposite end of the spectrum that pretty much most small businesses make and and absolutely most uh, trade business owners make is at the other end they fob it all off to someone else and hope that that person's doing the 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 best job possible and looking after it, but in fact, whether it's a bookkeeper, whether it's a husband or wife who's doing doing your books and managing your money, um, there's so much that they don't know about the business, no matter how involved they are, because they don't know all the customers you've been speaking to. They don't know what arrangements you may have made with people. They don't know what jobs have been done uh, at a particular time, unless they're incredibly organised um, and are forcing you to give them that information. So, in fact, Simply at the opposite end of the spectrum from trying to do it all yourself, which is impossible, just fobbing it all off to someone else is, is, is fraught with danger um, because they just don't know what you know. Yeah. About yeah so, so it has to be a bit of a team effort. And, and also, I guess, what, one of the dangers too of uh, fobbing it all off onto someone else and, um, is – is, is like you say, well, you just assume that they're going to be doing it all correctly and everything's everything's fine. But it's also, I would assume, a bit like burying your head in the sand because you're not Absolutely. taking an interest or Absolutely. you're not keeping your, your your eyes on the numbers. Yeah, and 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 the reality is, and it, it, without knowing numbers, without understanding that, doing it yourself requires far too much education for you to learn. So don't do it yourself. Yep. Fobbing it off to someone else is putting your head in the sand and hoping that everything's always going to be okay and having someone to blame, someone else to blame if it isn't all okay, which is, which is, is quite common as well. Yep. So, so how do you get around this problem? Because from one end of the spectrum to the other, the way you get around this problem is that you do rely on someone who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would suggest a good bookkeeper, yes. an outsourced good bookkeeper, but an outsourced bookkeeper who you specifically engage on the basis that they are managing the money getting in on time and the right things being paid at the right times. And then your responsibility as the business owner is to understand some of the key numbers. Um, and if you understand those key numbers, you can do the right thing by that person managing the money and by yourself to ensure that the money is flowing okay and that it's being paid to the right places at the right time, not before and not too late. So, Greg, what, what, just give us a clue. What would be, say, one or two of the of the numbers you should know and how often should you look at them and, you know? Well, and it, it's interesting. 
this because most business owners uh, have heard this from an accountant or a bookkeeper or someone else, another business owner, but don't really understand how to how to make it happen. But most of us would have heard the saying that cash is king, right? Yep. So, and and accountants even these days are much more educated about the money situation, and most accountants will tell you that cash flow is more important than profit. However, they still focus on profit, and most of us still focus on profit. Okay. So profit is important, but by far more important is cash flow. And if I can just simplify cash flow, cash flow is purely what's in the bank today, mm-hmm. what money's due to come in mm-hmm. and when, and what money's due to go out and when. That is cash flow. Yeah. And, and that's all you need to understand about your cash. Um, and, and it's the most important things that you can understand when managing your business and managing your money. If you can manage those three things if, and if you can get regular reporting, and I would suggest most people find this difficult to start, but once they start, it can be a five-minute job every day, literally a five-minute job for most trade businesses. Yep. Every day, what's my bank balance today? What money's coming in and when's it coming in? And what I mean by that is not when's it due to come in uh, um, based on your invoice and, and whether you've given someone seven days or, or 30 days to pay, <clears throat> not when it's due to come in, but confirmed. When is it actually coming in? Right. Which is a very simple thing to do, especially if you have a good bookkeeper yep. uh, because they do that ringing around and ensuring that people have the invoice, are ready to pay it and are confirming that they will pay it. It's a very valuable thing to do because it's not just understanding yourself, but it's actually helping the person who is due to pay to prioritise you. Yeah, yeah. Um, because those those prompts, those gentle reminders are the things that, that, that um, make people pay you sooner without feeling necessarily that you're, you're annoying them. Um, so that's understanding when the money's coming in and how much, and making sure it is coming in, and then money going out. Um, money going out. Most of us in, in business, in trade businesses and in other small businesses, have regular things going out. Most of the things that we pay out are relatively regular, as in we pay maybe staff or we pay subcontractors. Um, we definitely pay GST, um, which is quarterly, so you know it's coming out every quarter. Uh, it's something that you can actually put into your cash flow. Your bookkeeper can put into your cash flow and know how much it is yeah. and when it's due to happen. Um, so you can be ahead of the game and keeping one eye on the future of your cash. Okay. I know um, you have – this is one of the key areas that um, you do help your clients with is to better manage their, their finances uh, as well as, you know, like – so the business strategy is yep. is the key area, but uh, managing the cash and the finances and planning for their financial future is all part of uh, the service that you provide. Yeah. Um, have you got an example that you can give us? Um, you don't you know don't name a company, but but something mm-hmm. that you've you know a company that you've worked with and the sort of result you know what you did with them and uh, and the result. Oh look, there's a there's a number of examples, but probably one of the better ones would be a, a trade business. I imagine there's a trade business based uh, in southeast Queensland here who I've been helping mm-hmm. for about uh, twelve months now. 
And when they came to me, um, they were in all sorts of trouble. They'd been operating for around about 10 years and uh, they were pretty much at the end of their tether and, and they, they might have thrown the towel in. Um, and we sat down and worked out that uh, what, what the owner really wanted was to be able to, in five or six years, sell his business um, and actually make some money out of it because he realised that he actually had nothing to sell because the business was all about him doing the work. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, so we sat down. We worked out that that was his plan. He had a, a five- to six-year plan. Um, over a couple of meetings, I suggested to him that actually we should make it a three-year plan because it was definitely achievable in three years. And then um, we started just doing some strategy work. But but during that time, we focused on keeping cash flow strong. He made the mistake of jumping ahead in our strategy planning and uh, against my, my advice, he, he made a decision that was um, bound to have dire consequences for his cash flow. But it was the right decision, it turns out, once we got to that stage of our strategy planning. Right. But he made it early. And so as a consequence, it did heavily impact his cash flow. So he went through a tough period there where he had a dip in cash flow and we were still trying to focus on strategy. We turned that around. Uh, We got refocused on strategy. And in fact, by focusing on strategy, he realised what he ultimately wanted out of life and so therefore what he actually wanted out of his business to enable that life to happen. And over the next 12 months, he, his personal life actually started to, to change dramatically. And then in the course of that, um, for, the, for the better, I should say, as a result of us planning some strategy, because ultimately this strategy is around the person and what they want for themselves and their business is what provides that for them. So yes. their business strategy is actually developed around the person themselves. So his personal life started to improve. Um, but then he, he started to really focus in on the strategy we'd been developing. We got a really good sustainable profit strategy put in place and then we started rolling it out. So we started looking at um, his products, his customers and his pricing. And then we started looking at uh, his role, the roles and the staff. Now, he had taken some staff on during this time and he's now looking at taking more staff on and within the last 12 months, we're now looking at uh, him actually stepping back from doing the work and purely quoting the work. Um, He has gone from uh, not really understanding how his clients were coming to him and... and, um, and and why they were coming to him, and now he's uh, he's 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 having a lot more success with clients um, because he's applied his differentiation strategy. So he's got a significant differentiation now in the market from understanding what he wanted out of his business. It's enabling him to step back. It's enabling him to bring in new staff who understand on day one exactly what it is we do as a business and exactly how to do it, and if they follow that plan, they will have success, as will the business. And he is pretty much within the last 12 months, he's he's turned around and he's 
enjoying doing the business now where he had actually lost a bit of passion for the business. He'd lost a bit of passion for the work that he did. Now he's um, thoroughly enjoying it. We catch up once every two weeks just for a couple of hours. And uh, once upon a time it was me showing him how to actually develop his strategy. Now every time we catch up it's him telling me all of the good news stories that uh, are a reflection of his strategy at work. So he's much That's more great. That's oh, what a fascinating that, outcome. He actually also uh, was able to ride through a significant tax bill, right? And also a um, a significant uh, customer who um, went into liquidation, owing him a significant amount of money. So during that twelve months, he's actually he's actually lost a lot of money. Um, and paid a lot of money out, and he's still in a, a much better position today than he than he was 12 months ago. Right. So um, you've sort of that's that's a great um, story, and it, it's, so it sounds like you've helped him to uh, understand the business management side of things, um, yeah. rather than just you know how to be very good at technically. And look, all tradespeople, you know, they get trained in how to do what they do and they're very good at that, but none of them get trained, um, or none of us really do get, unless you go off to university and do some degree, and even that doesn't help really. (laughs) Just, you know, um, just learning all this stuff, you've got to learn it. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, one of the big things that I find uh, dealing especially with um, trade business owners is they tend to lack confidence about their ability to charge a fair price and to do a good job for a client, um, they, they really tend to lack that belief. Yeah. And, and so what we've done with, with this client is he has come to understand um, through being different to his competitors in a very specific way that relates to him personally. Um, so it's very easy for him to do because it's not uh, outside who he is as a person. Good. His strategy is built around who he is as a person, and so it's it's very natural and very easy for him. But that differentiation, um, he, he's he's gained enormous confidence um, in the value that he's providing his clients, and and it's only been a phenomenon over the last three or four months where he's started to recognise just how much his clients value him and refer him on to other people, and yet he's charging them far more than he ever charged um, anyone in the past. And he, in fact, he was relaying a story to me the other day for, for one, one small job that he did <clears throat> the other day. He, he quoted a, a client $5,000 for one part of the job, and um, the client confessed to him that, that he could get it for $3,000, but he's decided to go with him. Um, and it's because he understands the value he provides because he is different to anybody else in the market. He, he, the client had a significant level of confidence in his ability to do the job well um, just, from, just from him quoting once and meeting him once. Wow. That's and, incredible. And so, and so the funny thing about that, Annette, is that the client – contacted him the day after he, he finished the job, completed it, and said, thank you so much. I'm absolutely stoked about how good a job you've done. Um, and that client has already, this is only a couple of weeks ago, 
that client has already referred him to three other people. <laughs> so that's someone who's paid him almost uh, around about 40% more than the next quote. Wow. Um, and who is happy about having paid that amount of money. Not, <laughs> what not because of the amount of money, but because of the, the job that was done and, and the experience, the client experience. Yeah was so happy that he's recommending him to other people. And that's the whole thing, isn't it? You know, these days um, we've had the industrial revolution, we've had the technology revolution. This, this, We are now in the age of the customer and the customer experience is is everything. It's what it's yes. about. But 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 in, in a trade business, it's very easy to get caught up in this idea that your price has to be sharp. No, your price doesn't have to no. be sharp. You just have to offer real value. Value. And, and, and value for the money that you're charging. Now, just because someone else is charging 10000 for something doesn't mean that you don't have value at 20000 for the same thing because there are, there are differences in the client experience and there can be significant differences in the, in the, the final result. And the client can understand that before you've actually done the job if you have a clear strategy and a clear way of presenting yourself as being different, mm. a, a believable way, not just a, not just a hey, we're different yeah. because everybody's doing that these days, yep. but, but a believable way that's, that's based in reality and that's grounded. Um, and you can only achieve that by, by, by clearly outlining a, a strategy. And, and making sure that every part of the business reflects that strategy so there's consistency and people can trust what you're saying. And that's music to my ears, Greg. That, uh, that it exactly aligns with, um, you know, everything that, that we do when it comes to looking after our clients as well. And um, that's, the, to me, the only way to run a business. So if um, thank you for, for sharing that story. I mean, that's that's... It's, it's illuminating to hear and um, reinforces everything that um, I want our clients and uh, our listeners to be thinking about in their business. So if um, anybody did want to get in touch with you, Greg, to, um, you know, find out more about your, the way, the services that you provide and the strategy, this business strategy um, planning that you do, how can they get in touch with you? Um, there's a there's a number of ways they can look on my website, but uh, they can contact me by, just by sending me an email at greg at gregallexon.com.au. Okay, so uh, I've got your website here, and we'll put that yeah, Greg Allison, um, and I'll put the link to that into the show notes so that people can come through and and have a look at your your story and um, your services and some of the things that you've been doing. Yep, fantastic. And, Annette, if I can just just sum up um, with, with one one thing for – one piece of advice, I guess, for, for any trade business owners is that your trade is a business. If you're working for yourself, if you, if you do or don't have staff working for you, you have to treat – what you do as a business and not as a job. And if you treat it as a business, the business must have a plan for how you are going to make sure that you keep the cash flowing and for how you are going to grow the business, which means often beyond just yourself. Most trade people that I meet go through periods of time when they're employing staff 
and then they get fed up with how hard it is to, to manage staff that they then fluctuate to, well, I'm going to reduce my staff uh, and become a solo operator again. Uh, and I see this time and again where trade businesses, good trade businesses, fluctuate between employing people and then putting people off and just running as myself and then uh, maybe not even going down the route of subcontracting. And I think uh, it's, it's purely because they don't have a clearly articulated strategy that their staff can follow. And so even when they employ staff, they find themselves having to direct everything mm. continually and yeah. having to think for their staff. And, uh, and, and it's one of the great challenges of a trade business to, to take the big step to not just employing staff, but employing staff with a plan for the future. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I would strongly recommend that that is the right way to go. And if you're in a position where you are starting to doubt that, it's time for you to sit down and create strategy with someone, and whether it's me or there are plenty of people around who do strategy work. But the most important thing about strategy is that you must find a way to be genuinely different and you must stop the habit of thinking that in order to attract more customers, I need to provide more products and services. The best way to become different and unique and a trusted specialist is to actually go the opposite way and specialise in one product or service, what you have always done or what you did when you first started, however many years ago, rather than being tempted to continually add more products and service offerings to attract more people. Yeah, stick in with, fact, stick if with you your focus, core business. If you focus on your core business, it is, it is a big part of having a really good strategy. And in fact, rather than thinking that you're limiting your customer base, practice has shown that you actually expand your customer base by becoming an expert in the field that you're in, mm. becoming a trusted expert and being very different from those around you who provide all manner of services. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was a bit long-winded, but, but uh, I, that, is, that is what I see time and again, especially when dealing with trade businesses, and I think um, so many trade businesses could be so much more successful if they took that on board. That's, um, that's very sage advice, very good advice. Thank you so much, Greg. Um, I agree with you entirely and, and based on my own experience with a number of tradies that I've worked with, when we do, when we do focus, I, I find it amazing when you, you go to a website and, or you, you see, um, you know, something in the letterbox and it says, we're specialists in, and it names about, you know, 25 things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're generalists in, they should say, shouldn't Absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. I think you know, well, there lots. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, you know, I mean, the analogy that we all can relate to is the doctor and, the, and then the specialist. You never see a specialist who's a specialist in everything medical. <laughs> and funnily enough, what, what is a specialist charge compared Absolutely, with Absolutely, at least, at least... <laughs> 20 times more than the general doctor, <laughs> at least. That's right. And, and, and the funny thing is that, uh, and, and you would have experienced this as well, Annette, you know, um, most trade businesses 
most businesses, when they branch out into offering more and more and more, they think that they're actually going to be earning more and more and more, no. but they tend to become a lot less profitable. It dilutes the effort. Businesses who just focus, the businesses who just focus, they may sell less, but in fact they make more money from it because it is easier for them, so it takes them a lot less time. There's a lot fewer stuff-ups and repeats and return back to the site to fix the job. And not only that, they can tend to price it higher than the rest of the market because they are seen as a specialist. So there's so many reasons why why doing one thing well um, can generate significantly higher profits without really overdoing it and overthinking it. No, you're right. You're definitely right. Well, that's been um, illuminating and uh, very, very good advice. Thank you so much for joining us today, Greg. And um, the your, the details on how to contact you are below, will be below in the in the show notes. Um, Greg's um, available for coffee if you're interested in oh, um, having a, lots of coffee. He, he loves coffee. <laughs> oh, we've we've met for coffee a few times, and he's, <laughs> he loves his coffees. Uh, so please hit, you know, if you want to, if you want to find out more about how Greg can help you in your trade business, hit him up for a Greg coffee. <laughs> I should, I should have been a tradie, Annette. You know, most tradies love their coffee, especially their iced coffee. So. Yes, true. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. We we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye now. Great, thanks, Annette. Well, that was a an informed and interesting um, interview with Greg, wasn't it? So what were the key messages that you got from listening to Greg? I'll tell you what I found. I've got five, actually. Number one, the best way to ensure that your business is not just profitable but sustainable is to actually build it as if you're going to sell it. Because if you were to sell it, the best way to make it saleable is to do yourself out of a job. That was that was pretty interesting, wasn't it? Um, we, look, we all love what we do, but um, we're going to retire one day. Are we going to pass it on to our kids? Are we going to sell the business? Or are we just going to let it die off? If you want to take time away from the business, then it's good to have a sustainable business that works really well when you're not in it. Number two, the reality that most businesses don't start with a plan or a strategy. That was an interesting one, wasn't it? You know, we've all experienced it. There's a lot of work and then there's no work. And then, you know, what do you do? That's the time when it's important to sit down and say, what's my plan? How am I going to ensure that there's ongoing work all the time, that I actually grow the business in a way that's sustainable? It is something that you need to plan and it is something, that plan you need to implement. Number three, and this is something that I've been guilty of, is trying to do everything yourself. And... It's just not the way to build a good business. None of us are an expert in everything and neither we should be. We should be. We should focus on what it is that we're really good at. And that doesn't mean that you should fob it all off to someone else and then just ignore it uh, and then blame them if things go wrong. <laughs> you still need to you know, take total responsibility for your business but you should surround yourself or, or hand over parts of your business such as doing the books to somebody who's better at it than you are and number four is of course it is your responsibility as a business owner to understand the key numbers Um, and look we all find well not all of us but most of us do find paperwork really difficult and boring at times but we do need to understand the numbers particularly cash flow 
as he said, profit is important, but by far more important is cash flow. You've got to be able to pay those bills when they come in. And you've got to know that you've got enough coming, money coming in to put aside for everything that you need to pay out for. So we do need to keep our eye very close on that ball. And finally, another little gem, the one that's very dear to my heart, is that you will be far more profitable if you focus on your core business and stop trying to offer more and more products and services and please everybody. I mean, when we think about it, specialists do charge a lot more than GPs. So don't forget, if you'd like to have a chat with Greg about your strategy and, and profits in your business, just visit gregalexon.com.au, check out his website, give him a call, send him an email, offer to buy him a coffee. You never know what might happen. That leads me into the quote of the week. Good one I found from Robert Townsend who said, if you don't do it excellently, don't do it at all because if it's not excellent, it won't be profitable or fun. And if you're not in business for fun or profit, what the hell are you doing there? <laughs> hmm, it's a big question, isn't it, that one? Why are you in the business that you're in? Are you having fun? Do you get enormous satisfaction from it? Do your customers love you? Is it profitable? Would you be in this business sector, this trade business perhaps, if you had your time over again? And what would you do differently if you did? I'm excited about what I do. I love it. I get an enormous high when our clients, you know, are achieve little wins, when they get excited about their business and their results. Like, for example, last week, um, one of my clients in Sydney, we were on a, a, a normal mentoring call and at the end of it he said, oh by the way, I just wanted you to know that um, since you upgraded our website and you started helping us with our blog posts and social media and stuff, it's amazing. We, we've gone from just a, a few inquiries a week and we're getting like two or three a day now. So that's about a 300-400% increase and he was stoked. That news really got me pumped. <laughs> Okay, until next time, I'm Annette Wellsford and I hope your trade business is giving you the fun and profits that you deserve. Bye for now. Well done for listening to this podcast. You've taken another step towards becoming a marketing genius. Visit tradiesuccess.com.au to grab the transcript of this podcast and other useful marketing goodies and take some sort of marketing action today.